First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. On the line right now is Dave Zampano. David, good morning. Thanks for coming on the radio. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning? Good. Um, Dave, of course, is with the State Planning Law Center. I'm trying to play um, uh, a, a Cars song as your intro, but um, I, it's just not playing on my uh, computer for some reason. Our internet <laughs> tends to go up and down <laughs> around here. <laughs> Only when we need it, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, it's usually, right, it's always there when you donate it. Uh, but uh, this is kind of an interesting story. So I, I wanted to talk just a little bit about the, the planning that goes, that, how important it is to plan. And, you know, we talk about it, but how much do we really do it and how much? Because we never think that, you know, we're invincible. You never think there's an end until there is. But the, there's a story out there about Rick Ocasek from the cars that is uh, that is really pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he uh, he was married for a long time, but uh, had started a divorce proceeding. Um, and kind of in the middle of it, he died and his wife was surprised to find out she was not in his will. She Ooh. was not in his will, and Ooh, nor boy. I don't think the kids were either, were they? The kids with her, yeah. He had other kids, but the kids yeah. that he had with her were not. And it was a long-term marriage, over 20 years. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And uh, she was surprised and heartbroken and disappointed. But, like, 20 different issues pop up here uh, related to planning, you know. Um, you know, we always expect, we don't expect we're going to die. And he died young. Um yeah, And, you know, the question becomes, okay, what does happen? You know, well, the first thing to note is that whenever you start a divorce proceeding, um, that pretty much nullifies your rights uh, mm. toward any, be- any bequests when, you're de- when, when one of you dies. But on the flip side, people who are not in a divorce proceeding need to understand that if you die without a will or if your spouse does a will, you cannot actually disinherit your spouse by law. It's called dower rights. It actually goes back to old England. And in New York State, um, if you're married, your spouse has to get at least uh, 33% um, of your estate. Um, and if you have children, uh, with, if you don't have children, then it, uh, I think it goes up to 50%. And so what happens is um, it's, it's by law, you can't disinherit. Now, again, if an estate, if if a, a divorce proceeding did trigger or a separation, that would trigger those, that would sever those rights because the rights would be right. presumed to have been addressed in the divorce proceeding. So you, so whatever so, money she was entitled to, should have happened through the divorce. So if you are, a, so you're a, a couple, you guys never get married, you split up, you can't stand each other, um, <laughs> you die, you die. She is entitled to thirty three, at least thirty three percent of whatever you have. Whether you guys were living together or not, yes, but not unless you have to be married. I don't know. If but you if they're right, but if there's yeah. a but if there's a divorce, then everything's gone. It better be in the will if you want to take care of that person that helped you grow your life, and you know maybe you were together well, for a right. long time. Because a divorce is presumed to, to to split that equity, right? Got it. So yeah. um, whatever you are entitled to through the divorce would probably more than what you would be entitled to at death. But there's a there's a, another similar parallel to this, and that's people who might be in a second marriage. So what happens there is really interesting because let's say you got your kids, she's got her kids, well, and you love each other, you get married. The question is, who gets your money in the end, her kids or your kids? Well, you mm. think it's going to be your kids, she thinks it's going to be her kids. Yeah. But the truth is, it goes to what we call the last man standing. So if I die, and I left everything to my wife, 
then when she dies, it probably goes to her kids. If she died and it all came to me, then it would go to my kids, right? Well, there's planning to avoid that so that you can actually provide for your second spouse during their life or until they get remarried, if that's the triggering point. And then you can make sure that after your spouse is taken care of for the period that you want to do to each other, that your the what's left goes back to your children and what's left of hers goes back to her children or 50-50 or whatever you decide in that second marriage. That's really important. Probably more important than divorce is when you're yeah. in second marriages to make sure you know the stuff gets to the people you want the way you want when you want. Uh, I have somebody piping in here this morning, and I know who this person is, so it's uh, it's kind of funny. Um, but saying, let's remind everyone that it might be her money shared with him uh, <laughs> plays the same role, and uh, and that would be true, right? Obviously, it might be the Absolutely. woman. It might be the the breadwinner, maybe the woman. And I would respond to that by saying, guys always die first. So um, mm-hmm. you know, she'll she'll yes, live. I, that's right. I, I'm using the analogy because you two are gentlemen, so I was just using Thank that you. analogy. Well, However, we appreciate the gentleman line. There, so. money it is, yes. Right, right. Um, but the reality is if you're not taking care of this yeah. behind the scenes before something bad happens, you're really led up to whatever the law is and anything could happen. Right? Yeah, you should be the one deciding that. Yeah. Not, yeah. Well, there's the magic button. Who do yeah. you want to decide, you or the government, right? Yeah. So the government has all kinds of rules. And here's the funny part. People don't realize this. If you don't have a will, then you, by default, the government's dictating what happens. Right. So, you know, will, health care, proxy, power of attorney, those are the three essential documents. Will to make sure your stuff gets to who you want it to, when you want it to. Healthcare proxy to make sure there's someone to make healthcare decisions for you if you can't. Power of attorney, make sure there's someone to do legal and financial matters on your behalf if you're incapacitated and unable to. Three essential documents, really critically important. Is there a percentage out there? I know this is an off the wall question as to how many people, uh, I don't know if it's the state or the country or in general, don't have. A, a will or some instruction in here. Yeah, and, and it's, it's funny de- you ask me. Washington State University did a study. It's probably about 10 or 20 years old now. And the study said one in five Americans have an estate plan. So that's mm. about 20%. 80% and don't. Said, wow. Yeah, and they said, oh, hang on, it gets worse. They said of the one in five that had the estate plan, one of five of those had a plan that actually did what they thought it was going to do. So that tells you the breakdown, even wow. when people are doing planning, understanding the plan they're doing. That's yeah, why we do yeah. the workshops to help educate people and get them to understand what are all the elements of an estate plan that you need to consider. So many times people think, oh, I just get a will. Holy mackerel. Well, you don't know that if you have a will, but if you have a joint account, your joint account supersedes the will. They're like, what, huh? And that, so there's so many things. Um, that's why they don't even work a lot of the times. One in five work, according to the Washington State University study. So. Some pretty amazing numbers. That means 4% of Americans have an estate plan that actually does what they thought it was going to do. That's incredible. Uh, on, the, uh, on the cars story, uh, remember, his Rick Ocasek's wife was the uh, was a supermodel, Paulina yeah. Porokova. And she was the hottest thing when the cars were beginning to decline. And, right. and she, put, uh, she claims that she put all of her money from her super, supermodel career into their marriage, and and she now, along with her kids, walk away with zilch. So, well, again, th- that's a matter for the divorce proceeding. Right. right? So that's what yeah. she has to claim in the divorce proceeding, right. which, is, by the way, is still alive. Uh, that still goes on despite the, uh, the death 
The reality uh, is, so, though, that uh, once you get out of that, that uh, out of that uh, proceeding, if he or she defi- decides to find someone else, and they, you know, they're convinced that they shouldn't leave anything, there's no obligation at all for them to leave. Once you get outside of divorce, yeah. zero obligation, yeah. right? Well, even outside of divorce, I say it to everyday folks: um, once you're out of the picture, yeah. The survivor can do whatever. There's no obligation to give it to kids, grandkids. Or they can give it to their new boyfriend, new girlfriend. We call it their new friend. Um, you know, absolutely. And I that's why a, planning is so important. You can provide that. That doesn't yeah. happen, too, if you want. I have a two, uh, two-parter two here. Number one, what happens when... So here's the scenario. Uh, she dies. He's... They have money. He's very old. Um, he has caretakers, people that have family members, whatever, children. Uh, but all of a sudden, some hottie comes along and sweeps him <laughs> off his feet and takes advantage. Um, he decides to give everything to her. That's really what happens, right? There's really yeah, nothing you can do. Happen. I think, I think, right, if you're, you know, you remember Anna Nicole Smith. That's what she was saying. Yeah, that's right? another one, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. And the problem is this. You, as the family member, have to prove after the fact that he was incompetent when he did that or that he didn't know what he was doing, which is very, very difficult yeah, to do. Yeah. It's a very low standard for him to understand what he's doing and to say it. And a lot of people, especially as they get older, this is really important, especially for the people listening. As they get older, they get feeble and weak and scared. And so if you have, I see this all the time, one child's taking care of mom or dad and what ends up happening is um, that child uh, convinces mom or dad to switch everything over to them because they're doing all the work. So Man, I don't know if it's that, right or wrong, but yeah. we see that happening all the time. That happens a lot. Like, I know yeah. two stories where that has occurred, and the outcome was horrific, really sad. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. finally, um, what do you advise people when they say, well, they're going to make me the, uh, what is it, the uh, the person in charge at the end? The executor of the, the estate, executor yeah. of the of the estate. Um, be careful what you ask for. Is that correct? Yeah, the executor's job is they kind of they actually don't have any power. They only have the authority to carry out the terms of your will. So they don't decide who gets what. They just kind of decide how and when. <clears throat> so there's a lot of discretion when you're administering an estate, right? You got to sell a house. So how many? Who do you list it with? How much you sell it for? All those are discretionary decisions of that executor. Yeah. Yeah. So the executor is the person that stands in your shoes and carries out all of your wishes. But they are guided very closely by the court. Okay. So they're overseen by the judge and the court to make sure they're not doing anything outside uh, what, the, what the will is provided right. for. And then one more. Tim in uh, Deansboro has a, a question. Tim, uh, you're on with Dave Zimbano. Uh, good morning. My question is uh, the living wills that you can buy from Staples, are they legal? Uh, yes, they're legal. The problem with them is they're very basic, and they don't address any issues outside basic, what we call boilerplate language. The other problem is uh, not so much the language, what they say, but the way, manner in which you execute them, which means you sign them. Uh, most documents that we see that people get offline or through staples, they don't execute them properly, and therefore they're invalid when they need them most. So it's very tricky. Um, there's an old saying, you get what you pay for. Um, but uh, they are valid if they contain the terms and conditions that yeah. accommodate your needs, which, again, remember, one in five Americans have a plan, and one in five have plans that actually do what they think they're going to do. Here's a perfect example. 
people going to Staples and getting a form and thinking that's doing a whole bunch of stuff, and it really isn't. So that's been the biggest challenge. That's why we always recommend, you know, getting educated and getting caught up on what are the elements and issues that you need to be concerned with. All right, Tim. Very good. Interesting. Thank you. Okay. I didn't know you. Well, I went to I went to Staples. I uh, got a chair. I got uh, I got a cartridge for my printer and a will. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, David. How can people reach out to you? Uh, what's the best way? Well, uh, two ways. EPLawCenter.com is our website where you can uh, schedule a free complimentary workshop to learn about all the key issues. Or uh, the law office phone number, 315-793-3622. Either one, we're happy to help anyway, no obligation. All right. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day, Jeff. All right. You do the, Thanks, uh, you do the same. Thanks. Uh, right. Have a great day.